It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode of The Hive Jive titled, A Bad Habit Beekeeper or Just Bad Bees. Originally aired on Patreon on May 21st, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. So, um, on last Monday's segment, we we talked about, uh, <laughs> well, we talked about, you know, the, the former mentee um, that I had went out and helped for, I, I helped her for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And half of that was she would be out of town. And so I was being paid to literally go take care of the hives and manage the hives and they would all do great. But, um, you know, like like one of the problems that was ran into a lot with that was she would see something online or she would hear somebody else say something and she would immediately switch to whatever it was. And, And it was all very black and white. There was no gray area. There was no take into consideration her own circumstances or each individual hive's unique scenarios. And so she would have like, for instance, when you first install a package, you feed them as much as they can take. Mm -hmm. Well, she wouldn't ever stop feeding them. And she would be feeding them gallons at a time. And then she would call me out there and be like, this colony sucks and it's not doing well and it's dying and it won't grow and I don't know why and I'm feeding it and it's still only six frames, you know. Well, that's because every single frame is completely full of liquid. Yeah. There is nowhere for the queen to lay, which means there's no new brood, which means all of the adult bees are slowly dying off and your colony is shrinking. Mm-hmm. So you got to walk a fine line. And I was never able to impart that wisdom to her that you've got to do a fine line. And after a year and a half, it finally got to the point where I literally had to put my hands up and say, you know, I'm sorry, but I am not going to be able to, you know, to mentor you and go through and do this anymore. There's only been in five years, there's only been two clients that I have refused service to. And both of them were because, well, one of them was because it was a hive management client mm-hmm. and they own the colonies and they're supposed to, you know, they have to provide all of the stuff. I'm just paid to come out there and manage them. But there's only so much that I can do. Like if I come out there and I look at it in the spring, if I look at it in, say, March, and I tell you, okay, by April 1st, it's March 1st right now, by April 1st, I need you to have at minimum one medium box with 10 frames for every one of your colonies so that we can actually get them to grow and expand. If August rolls around and you finally get back to asking me whether or not you need to order those boxes, you're not going to obviously get a honey harvest that year. (laughs) Yeah. And then when you get mad that your colonies are never growing, that's not my fault. You are not doing your part in being a responsible beekeeper or even the responsible owner of the bees to help the colonies do what they need to do. You've got to follow the instructions. And that's the same thing with like the training and consultation clients is, or even any mentor, anybody out there who's mentoring another beekeeper, you have to keep in mind that your time is valuable and is precious and you have a lot going on in your life 
both with or without bees. And if you were going to take the time to hold somebody's hand and guide them through a process of something, then they have to be respectful of that and make it just as worthwhile for you as it is for them. You can't go out there every single trip and feel like you're starting at square one every single trip because they don't listen or they don't care. And in this other situation, I would find out from the neighbor that the only times anybody ever did anything to those hives other than the rare occurrence when she would and then she would get stung a lot is when I was out there and I was asked to go through and do stuff. And they would literally go an entire year and maybe get checked three times total by the actual owner. Mm -hmm. And then she would wonder why this one crashed and died. And I'm like, look, when I was out there two months ago, they were doing fine. But a lot can happen in two months. If your nectar flow stopped and you didn't feed them, then there's no food, which can make them grouchy, which can cause them to have a bad attitude or cause them not to grow and not to expand, you know, like all these different things. Um, but, yeah, so when I got the phone call from the neighbor here a few weeks ago telling me that the fire department in EMS had been called, and I was like, oh, my God, what happened? And she told me the whole story. I was livid because that colony is not a bad colony. Like, I've been out there and managed it. Every time I've been out there and managed it, it's never reacted that way. But every time she manages it, it seems to react that way. So the common denominator there isn't the bees. It's the person doing the bee work. And, you know, we can build bad habits because we think we're cool or we think we're better. Um, it can be just like people that want to look pretty on Instagram. You don't wear black when you're keeping bees. And you don't keep bees without protective covering in a smoker. You smoke your bees, light your smoker every time you go out there, smoke your bees every time you go out there, just a gentle little puff. You don't have to smoke them until it looks like a chimney, just a gentle puff in the entrance and a gentle puff under the inner cover, have a veil over your face and actually be a beekeeper, not a glam star on Instagram who's pretending to be a beekeeper. Um, these are the kinds of things that that get other people into trouble and you have beekeepers out there that are like that and I used to teach in the Travis County Beekeepers Association when I was a president, I used to teach our new beekeepers, you know, I would say, this is what you need to do. You've got to have a veil, absolutely the number one thing minimum, and you've got to have a smoker, absolutely the number one thing minimum, and you light it every time. I don't care if you go out there and you don't think you need it, you light that damn smoker and take it with you. And then when you do your bees and you open them up, you give them a little puff of smoke and then you go through and you do your inspection because what what is one of the things that we have learned about the size of a colony? When they are smaller, they're going to be what? Nice. That's right. They know their own bee math, and they know that if there's not very many bees in here, we can't afford to sacrifice 100 lives to go out there and see what you're doing or tell you we don't like how you're managing us. But fast forward to the second year and there's a minimum of 30,000 bees, they can send a thousand bees out without really harming their overall numbers to tell you, we don't appreciate you coming in here with no smoke and ripping our lid off of our house and banging things around and they chase you all the way back to your house and sting the hell out of you. And then suddenly you have bad bees when in reality, those are the same bees you've had. They didn't change. 
It's you and your bad habits that you've developed over a year while they were nice that has caused these future problems. Now, as a caveat to that, they do swarm. If they if they are allowed to swarm, that can roll the dice on changing their genetic profile. But if you live somewhere like in a far northern state where there are no Africanized genetics, that's not an excuse. <laughs> you can have bees that may have a little bit more temperament or may have a little less temperament, but it's not that, oh, my bees suddenly changed. You know, like as a colony gets bigger, they can afford to be more defensive. So you've got to, from day one, have good beekeeping management habits and stick with them because you need them later on. You're building a good foundation for later on. And unfortunately, this individual never did that. So it ended in a scenario where she was going to go out there and and show that she was, you know, the shit and ended up causing chaos through her entire neighborhood and having, you know, emergency medical services and fire department called on her from multiple different households (laughs) because of her handling and management of a hive. Now, the other downside to this is the neighbor calls me and the neighbor's telling me all of this and then very squeamishly asks me if I would be willing to come out and help. And I flat out said, hell no, (laughs) because I tried for a year and a half to teach and educate and I do not have the time to put up with somebody who is disrespectful and will not listen and will not learn. So no, I will not come fix her problem. Sorry. I said, if you need something done, I will come look at your hive for you, but I'm not going to go over there and look at hers. It's not happening. <laughs> so um, she ended up going onto Facebook, onto one of the local forums, and she posted on there about these horrifically mean Africanized bees and all of the chaos that it caused. And she phrased it from the standpoint of she did nothing wrong. She just went out to do a simple inspection didn't mention the fact that she was trying to video and had that hive open for way over 30 minutes and made it sound like the bees were flat out evil. <laughs> so then you get, as as I always say, Facebook's the devil, YouTube's the devil. Anybody who has an opinion is out there and they are more than happy to give it. And they had people telling her, you need to get a shop vac and you need to sit in front of that colony and you just suck up every single bee that comes in and out of that colony and that'll kill all the mean foragers and then you can turn around and you can requeen it and do all this other stuff. And unfortunately, ultimately, I really hate to say it, even if you requeen that colony, if it, it it's not going to solve any problems because the colony wasn't the issue in this scenario. The beekeeper was, right? Mm-hmm. And And that stuff just infuriates me. But ultimately, the only thing I can do is literally walk away from it. And that's what I did. I was like, no, I didn't cause the problem. I've already put in my dues and taken my licks. And that's uh, I'm not going out there and cleaning up your messes anymore. Sorry. (laughs) So. So, yeah, there's the uh, the rest of that story. Um, Quick little fun update. The gentleman that left the negative review, who left the one star review. Does listen to the show Mm -hmm. and still listens to the show mm-hmm. and reached out via instant message and uh, was quite funny um, because he was like, hey, you really shouldn't give any credence to trolls out there because for all you know, I could literally be a 45-year-old man living in my mother's basement who gets my rocks off from going through and antagonizing people and pissing them off so that it can start a conflict and a fight. And by you acknowledging me, then, you know, that just feeds fuel to the fire kind of thing. 
And then he goes, but luckily I'm not. I'm a father of two and I live in Myrtle Beach and uh, trailer homes don't have basements. So it was a it was kind of a fun exchange back and forth. And, uh, you know, he explained his side on um, he understood what Patreon is and he knows that lots of creators and everybody out there use it. And he did say that, uh, you know, like his his big thing was he felt like we were selling it like a product that somebody would find online. Yet, if you could just do a simple Google search, you could find the information yourself kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was like, well, I I will tell you this. I said, you know, Patreon just started in January. And our big thing was we wanted to push it and get it out there as much as we could, especially in the beginning, since how it was brand new, so that it would be fresh on everybody's minds and they would consider going through and joining. And so they could hear bonus episodes like this. And, And I said, but... I will also concede to the fact that it is now May, and you're right. I don't need to still be describing what the tiers are and how much it costs, you know, and things like that. Like, we don't have to necessarily do that. So um, I do actually have another intro that Bob had recorded for us. Mm-hmm. or an, It's not an intro. It's an outro, actually, for one of the ending clips. Um, that does say on there, you know, instead of like visit our website, it can say, you know, it says our website or visit us on Patreon. And I can rotate that into the cycle so that at the end of each episode, it'll say that and it'll give the Patreon address. And that's cool. We don't necessarily need to keep going through and hammering on it. But I did tell him we're not ever going to stop thanking our patrons. Mm-mm. So anytime somebody signs up, we're going to give them a shout out on the main segment. and We're going to say thank you. And, and you can skip that if you don't like that. That's that's perfectly fine. But I did also say I don't agree with the one star for the simple fact that both in your review and now twice in your communications with me, you have readily admitted that it has good content, that you still listen despite the fact you don't like Patreon. And I would wager to bet that you would believe your time is more valuable than something that truly only ranked at one star. If it was really just a one star show, why are you still listening? (laughs) <laughs> so um, it all actually came out amicable and, uh, you know, we both saw each other's standpoints and we both agreed. And, uh, yeah, so it was actually a positive experience, um, even though, you know, we shouldn't pay attention to trolls. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, but that's it. That, that's, I'm done with my rants and raves. Your turn. <laughs> well, you know, one thing that John and my son both tell me, dad, no, John don't call me dad, but my son does. Slow down. <laughs> Daddy, you need to slow down. <laughs> Max is sitting there. He's sitting there looking like cold molasses working in bees. And I'm sitting there, no, get that damn box open up. Let's pull those frames out. You got to find that queen. Then we got, da, 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 da. Dad, we're going to do this slow and easy. Okay. I don't do slow and easy. <laughs> but anyway, he, he, he has more fun messing with those bees. And you know, he, What's funny, he is deathly scared of things that, that sting him. You know, he has more fun with bees, though. You know, like wasp and yellow jackets, he hates those. But bees, he is eat, getting eaten. He's the one that finds all these different queens, these different other breeds. And, Dad, we got to get those. That's why we got scratch, scratch queens now, or scratch col- queens in our colonies. And then what was this other bee that – that he come up with that you call the name of? V-S-H. V-S-H. Victor. Yeah, Victor Sam Henry. 
Okay. Varroa sensitive hygienic. VSH. Yeah. He said, Dad, we're going to get some of those because I think we need some of those. And I'm sitting there, okay, I'll order them. So you got my credit card. So I got a feeling there'll be some in. So now I, now we got to, I says, okay, now I'm going to have to start getting some, some colonies out of meter boxes so we can change those over. But we got the tree trap out and I guess found, got another trap out I got to do. So I'm fixing to have three or four new colonies that we're going to requeen. So uh, I got a feeling they're going to be VSH, whatever you called them. <laughs> Varroa sensitive hygienic. So that actually, that reminded me of a conversation you and I had this last week where you guys were um, waiting on your scrats to arrive and you were theorizing about where they were going to go. And you called me up and you asked me, you said, well, we did that split off of one of the big hives that I bought and she's doing great and she's raising lots of bees and I hate to get rid of her, but we got to put a new queen in there. So what can we do with her? Where can we put her? And I was like, wait a minute, if she's doing great and raising a lot of bees and you don't mind her attitude or lack of attitude, whatever she has, why do you have to put a new queen in there? Well, we got this queen. We got to put her somewhere. I was like, right, but don't put her in a colony that's doing good. Find a colony that needs the help and put her in there. Don't, you know, because if you ended up, what I ended up telling you, just for everybody else's information, because it, it's a good kind of learning point here, but if you would have requeened her colony but tried to keep her, you would have then had to have split another colony or even taken at least two frames from a colony and created like a little resource hive to keep her in there. And then two colonies have to get used to two queens. You know, they both got to be caged up and all that other stuff. Whereas you could just leave her colony alone because it's doing good mm -hmm. and requeen another colony that's not doing great or put that split in there and give them the new queen kind of thing um, like that. So uh, ultimately you ended up deciding to put it into the cutout that you guys did from the tree. And uh, yeah. And now that was the one um, – I think that was the one you were telling me about. You got the long version of the story. I got the short version from Max. Max just said I found the queen and killed her. I can tell you the long end, the long yeah. version. <laughs> Shannon's in there. So how long is this? No, <laughs> but okay. Max went out and he says, "Dad, I got this scratch queen. Said I'm gonna go change out the that uh, uh, tree cut out." Okay. And we had already pulled those bees, put them in a the 10-frame box, and, and moved them to the quarantine yard. I said, good. So he's out there, and I had I got had a haircut appointment, which we haven't had a chance to cut get our haircut in a while. So I said, okay, well, I'll stay and help you. I'll cancel my haircut appointment. Now, just go do it. He says, I love this stuff. I can change queens out. I said, okay. I went and got my haircut, got back. He says, Dad... That bunch was getting ready to swarm. I says, getting ready to swarm? What do you mean that the tree cut out? I says, okay. Why do you think they're getting ready to swarm? That queen was so skinny, and she could fly like a B-52 bomber. I says, okay. He says, when I saw her, I reached to grab her, and he just got him some new B-working gloves, leather gloves. And, one, and as soon, you know, it's not as good as the plastics, or the the what we what you use, so soon as she felt those those gloves touch her, she took off flying. So 
John told him, okay, if that happens, you take the top off, you leave the inner cover off, and she'll come back. He says, she won't come back through the door because she's never been in and out of that door but once. Or, and she had never been in and out of that door. So, entrance. So, she came back to the top. As soon as he saw her, uh, she hit hit top of the of the uh, frame and went down on the comb. Well, it wasn't a comb that she hit, got on first. It was a foundation plastic foundation so he pulled that out right quick saw the queen and instead of reaching and grabbing her he had his hive tool smacked her and cut her in half <laughs> all the bees just run to her then when she i guess she fell into the hive and just clumped up on both side pieces i said and he says i felt so bad then and he says i reached in there and grabbed both pieces and and, and pushed the bees away i says all it did and then he put the new queen in i says all that did was now those bees can tell the tell the rest of the bees the old queen's dead we got a new queen now <laughs> i told max i says they're singing the wicked witch is dead no they probably wouldn't <laughs> we were we were because that was one Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, did, I definitely did not get that version of the story. He called me when I was driving back from one of the consultation appointments. He call, He tried to call me, I think, in the midst of it because it, it did. I did have a missed call from him, but I had, like, zero service out there. And so I was halfway back into Austin from the Elgin area and uh, called him and left him a message. And then when he called me back a little bit later, he was like, the version I got was, so I went through, found the queen, killed her immediately. We got the new queen put in there, added in the extra frames. I didn't get the whole drawn out, you know, saga with the queen escaping. And <laughs> oh yeah, also he probably did he ask you about it's the the mini California queen boxes, the three sided. Is it the little? Oh yes, yeah. He did say that you kind of got shafted on your uh, your queen cage. He was hoping that. He and I both actually uh, got queens here recently, and both of us were expecting them to come in the plastic queen cage that just holds the queen with the attendants loose inside a bigger box. And instead, both of ours came in the wooden boxes, but his came in the California Mini, mm -hmm. which only has two holes instead of three holes in the center of it, like chambers. And he said that there was no cork. There was, you know, there wasn't a cork to cover it, so he was asking about, should I just tape over it? What should I do? Um, yeah, so he, he kind of got shafted on that, but who knows? You know, it is it is what it is. My bees were supposed to be here on Thursday, and at 6 o'clock our time, p.m., uh, they still had not shown up. Mm -hmm. And so I started, like, I'd already sent one email and didn't get a response, so I sent another email, and then I called and come to find out, uh, they didn't make it into town to the post office to get them shipped in time. <laughs> and so they were going to be shipped that day. And I was like, well, it's already technically 430 year time. So you better get with it <laughs> or you're going to miss it again. Um, but they did, uh, they did get them in the mail finally on Thursday and I got them first thing Friday morning. So, uh, they were, they were good to go. Uh, mine were the Russian Carniolans, though, the, the Russian Carniolan hybrid, uh, not the Scrats like you guys do. So, And 
one of our listeners, David, actually just ordered a Buckfast bee. And so I told him to keep us, we're going to keep him apprised of how the Scrats do as well as everybody else. And I told him to keep us apprised of how the Buckfast does, kind of compare it with his other colony he's got. And then that can be a, another line of bee or quote, quote unquote hybridized bee that we can learn about down the road. Yep. And then we got, see, we got Scrats in a nuke. We got Scrats in a top bar. And we got Scrats in a big, co- well, a medium colony. You, you call it a medium colony with 30, 20 to 30,000 bees. So well, I thought it was. A- <laughs> that's an average. That's a, that's an average colony. Well, when they're, when they're Africanized, no, that's a big damn colony because they all come out and they act like there's 60,000 of them. <laughs> well, it's just that, you know, there's 30,000 guard bees instead of. 1,000 card bees. <laughs> so, be what it was, too. Yeah. Um, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, every, well. everything's looking good at the Milam Apiary right now. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, fingers crossed, there is some Milam honey in your future. No, I think there is. We're already seeing uh, honey put up in. And this is honey, Max, uh, on some of the colonies, uh, the big 10 frames that we bought last year, we didn't, we fed them very little because they had so much stores left. So they're putting up nectar already, or honey. Uh, in fact, we have some, some capped, and I don't know if it's going to be sugar water. It probably is, but we'll find out. But, uh. Oh, yeah. On the packages, we're already starting to put mediums on top of them. They're getting that many bees in them on some of them. Yeah, good. Very good. Um, one last little update here before we wrap this one up. The bees on top of the hotel, uh, the ongoing saga there. The blue colony, the painted hive with all the greenery and flowers and stuff on it, did not make it. No. So it uh, it it, I don't know if... I don't think they died. I think they absconded um, because there wasn't very many of them left. So I think they just gave up and, and tried to go find a new place. But the the last time that I was out there, I told you we put in the queen cell uh, kind of as a last ditch effort because they were already failing and all their queens were had deformed wing virus and they were overrun with mites. We got the treatment and everything done. I added extra bees to the colony. We added a queen cell to it. I guess that was two times back. And then the last time that I was out there prior, um, they the queen had mated. She had a very small patch of brood up in the very top box, and they had a tiny little bit of open liquid in there, and that was it. And then I came back out there because I got these new queens, so I came back out there last weekend to go through and actually put those new queens in. And they were they were gone. There was no no food. All the comb was completely empty. There was one or two bees in there that were probably just scavenger, you know, robber bees trying to find anything they could. Um, but that was it. And they weren't all dead in the bottom on on the bottom of the hive. So they were they were out. Um, so that one was a loss. And the cypress hive that's sitting over there beside it, that's the stain, just the natural wood color. That one had liquid in well two and a half of the three boxes so they had four 
of the eight frames, four frames in the center of the deep on the bottom were brewed and mostly capped with a little bit of like open brood or, or little spots of eggs. And then the other four frames, two on each outer side, were open liquid. The box above it was open liquid and the box above that was open liquid. And what I ended up doing is shaking the majority of all of the bees out of the deep box over into the other colony, kind of doing a forced rush split. Um, I found the queen, killed her, shook all the bees that were in the bottom box over into the other hive, and then took one of the boxes of cap, or not capped, but open liquid, took all the frames out of it, transferred them over into uh, one of the blue boxes for the blue hive, Mm -hmm. and then switched the empty frames that were in the blue hive back over to that other hive and kind of did some flip-flopping there to hopefully balance things out a little bit and then gave them each a new queen. And so now just we'll just wait and see, fingers crossed. Um, hopefully the ones that we shook over into that other one had enough of the nurse bees that they do stay and take up with that queen and they actually stay in the colony and it gets back up and going. And then the other colony, hopefully they accept the queen this time because last time they killed her and raised their own anyway. Um, so we'll we'll double check on that and kind of see how that's going. But that is the uh, continuing saga. If the Blue Hive does not make it this time around, we're not going to be putting any more bees back into it. Um, I'll end up just taking it down because I'm not going to keep sinking resources and things up there into that one. So we'll we'll take it down and just leave the, the wooden cypress one up there for the year and see how it does because I'm still very skeptical about what's going to happen in July and August when it gets super hot up there. So... But that's uh that's all I know at the moment on that one. Well, and I guess uh oh yeah, we put the new the new corneolans, the new world corneolans in the top bar that we took the cut the the meter the first water meter box takeout we did, uh cutout we did. We put that queen in there, they love her. Uh we haven't we opened her just to see if she was, you know, out and they she is. And she hadn't started laying yet, so we haven't opened it up again. We're going to open it probably Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, because it's been a it's been over a week or two since she told me that she wasn't laying. So yeah, you need to to make sure that by now she should be. Yep. So we'll find out. So that's all I know. <laughs> more more to come on the next episode of As the Bee Turns. <laughs> As the Bee Turns. We just have too much fun messing with these things. That's all I know. Yeah, as long as you slow down, go slow. Be, allow yourself to be amazed at all the things going on the frame and take time to actually look at the frame and find all the amazing things going on instead of just go, 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 go. Um, it, it takes, uh, it's not... You're not a commercial beekeeper yet, though you and Max may wind up in that situation at some point if you don't be careful. But, um, you know, take time to enjoy the actual art of beekeeping and go slowly through there and check it out and just kind of see what you got. And the slower you go and both calm in movement and calm in body and mind both play hand in hand in this. So you can say, oh, I'm completely calm, but you're rushing through it. The faster you move, the more agitated the bees can get, the more that they will react, you know, and the, the easier it is to accidentally squish a queen or drop a queen out of the colony, you know, or do something detrimental that you don't realize happened because you're moving too quick. So definitely go slow. That's the lesson for everybody out there. Go slow. Take your time. 
you know, just allow the enjoyment of it to to unfold at its natural pace. Don't try to rush through it. Unless there's a thunderstorm approaching, and then in which case, maybe you shouldn't have been in it to begin with. But <laughs> Yep. Anyhow. All right, sir. Well, we shall wrap this up for the week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another bonus episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times over or a million times over for being patrons of the show and joining us here on Patreon. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you guys have any questions, don't forget... We are looking for listener questions for an upcoming main segment episode for one of our Monday episodes. So feel free to shoot us that email if you can. Email the questions to info at thehivejive.com with the subject line listener question. And those will be ones that we will specifically put on the air on an upcoming episode. So um, until then, got any final words, Ken? Y'all just stay tuned for as the bee turns. There you go. That's it. All right, everybody, be good. Y'all be safe. Be healthy. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.